This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. They're pretty ornery when they get to do that and say those things. So bless them. Well, yeah, let there be light on the 10th day. No, that was the third day, the seventh day. <laughs> One of those days. Good to have you here on a Wednesday night, and I mean that sincerely. I know many times you've worked hard all day and had a lot going on, and so I applaud you for coming out tonight. And again, don't, don't ever keep what you have on from keeping you from coming to church. I don't care if you come in your work clothes. I, I, it doesn't bother me if you flip your shoes off right now. It doesn't bother me a bit. Even if you get so blessed in here you fall asleep, that doesn't bother me either, okay? I'm serious. It ne- I, I never know what type of day people have had, so that doesn't bother me, okay? You know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but years ago, we had uh, Christmas on Sunday morning. And I said, listen, guys, you, you can't miss coming to church just because it's Christmas. And I said, come out in your, your house shoes, your pajamas, whatever. And I'm sitting here in the first song, this, this man in our church, he comes strolling around and he's got his robe on and these house shoes. And I thought, he, he took me seriously. <laughs> God's okay with that, okay? He loves you, so I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, once you get that, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel 7. You know, uh, when, when Shelly had you raise hands if you'd gone through stuff, I, I just really sensed to the, just hold on to the things of God, okay? Amen. Sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I, I sincerely believe this, that God, God is up to something good. God, God is working, so don't, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up yet, okay, no matter what you're going with. Hey, before I even read this passage, what about the rain? Wasn't that a blessing? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This entire region, so woo, our God is always up to something good. So here we are, Second Samuel chapter 7, and I'm going to start in verse 27. And I'm reading in my everyday reading the other day, and I I came across this passage in here, and it really, it struck in my heart that King David, he, he embraced God's promises, he invited God's promises, but he also expected God's promises. And when you study King David's life, King David was one of the greatest givers of all time. And so watch what this says here, 2 Samuel 7, verse 27. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true. Your, your word is truth. And he goes on to say, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. You have promised this goodness. Now, when I read this right here, God's word is true to every one of us. But when I give my heart to to Jesus, Father God, he, he wants to bless me and you with his goodness. And he goes on to say, now therefore let it please you to bless the house of your servant 
that it may continue before you forever for you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Forever. And so when, when we give our hearts to Jesus, I'm telling you, we come under blessings. And I, I want you to get something. That, that our God is in the, in the blessing business. He's still in the doing good. I mean, I, I, I experience his goodness, and so do you on a daily basis. So when I, I read this to you, and I, I got to get to a place where my heart, I, I recognize my father wants to put his goodness upon me. And you know, sometimes I run into people and say, no, pastor, he, he would do that for you, but I don't know that he would do that for me. He would do it for you. And he wants to do it for you. He's the God that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. So what would happen if I begin to embrace God's goodness and his blessings, but also expect it and invite it? Lord, I welcome your blessings upon my life. Every blessing that he pours out on me, I return it back with praise. And that's all he asks us. So we come back and say, Woo, Father God, it's because of you. I'm blessed because of you. I walk in your goodness because of you. And so I'm trying to convince you here, okay? God loves you and he wants to be good to you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We honor you. We thank you that just as you blessed King David with your goodness, the God who said, I'll bless you forever. I, I thank you that all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, Lord, are, are still in motion. And Lord, your desire is to bless every one of us as your children today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, even on the lines of giving, follow God's word, okay? And I, I don't say this to put fear in you, but I say, guys, we're, we're living in some times where you, you really want to be able to, to look to God as, as your source, okay? You don't want to look to the world or the government, that's for sure. You want to look to God, all right? Okay, got your Bible, turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 4, and you say, I can't even spell Hosea. Well, Hosea is right after the book of Daniel. So you go uh, Ezekiel, Daniel, into the book of Hosea, chapter 4 is where we're going to begin tonight. As you're turning there, I'll give you just a second to get there. Again, the faith closet is open after the service tonight. Uh, be sure and pick up your kids before they go up there. Sunday the 23rd is partnership. And then the, the cherished women's registration is still $60 until May 31st. So be sure and, and get a hold of that. Okay. Where we've been going some on Wednesday nights is the area of faith. But I, I believe God wants every one of us in here to, to continually to grow. He doesn't want us to get to a place where we think, okay, I've arrived, I don't have to grow, and I don't have to do any more. You know, I, I, I don't know anybody on this earth who's ever got to a place where I think, you know, I know it all. I, I've got all this Jesus stuff figured out. Is there anybody in here like that? If you are, man, I need you to lay hands on me, or I need to pray for you because you're incredibly arrogant. Okay? Man, I, I, I love the Word of God. I'm to a place where I, I need to continue to grow. Well, how do I grow? I, I got to eat 
Jesus' food, which is the word of God. Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we look in Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6, and this was the prophet Hosea, and he was in an interesting time. It wasn't good. And he says, my people are destroyed. One translation says, my people are being destroyed. Why? For they have a lack of knowledge. For they have a a lack of knowledge. Now, there was knowledge for the taking. So the issue wasn't knowledge. It was, man, what am I doing to get knowledge? And so he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So when I read this here, do you know what you don't know can cause destruction? That's why I better keep getting as much knowledge as the word of God I can get. He goes on to say, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I I don't need kingdom knowledge. I don't need biblical knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten or ignored the law of your God. In other words, you've said, I don't need the Word of God. I do well enough without the Word of God. You have just broken the 11th commandment, thou shall not kid thyself. (laughs) I also will direct you from being priests because you have forgotten the law of the Lord your God. I also will forget to bless your children. Woo! And so we get back over here, right here. They rejected the word of God. They ignored the word of God. The very spiritual food that would cause us to grow spiritually. Now, when I read this right here, I I put myself in there and I have to ask myself, what am I doing with the knowledge of the word of God? Do I welcome it? Do I reject it? Do I turn my nose up? See, we live in a society that more and more is pulling away from the Word of God. That's why I've got to stay with God's Word. Get into the Word and God will get into you. Now, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, and I know some of you are note takers. All you that are watching online, we're glad to have you tonight. Uh, We'll go Galatians 6 and then Matthew 6. I'm just going to read two little verses here in Galatians 6. Now, this was the Apostle Paul writing here. And he says in verse 4, Let each one or every person examine his own work. Evaluate or carefully explore his own work. One translation says to carefully scrutinize his own conduct, his action, and our work. I am to examine myself. Now, human nature is, we would, ever, we would like to, to examine everybody else but me. And sometimes we have the thought when we start examining other people, well, I'm not as bad as them. Or I do more than them. But see, God never intended us for to be in competition with each other. 
And when I come across that, well, I, I know more than them or I'm better than them, that, that's a smell of, of arrogance. That's prideful. That's haughty. But he specifically tells us there's a time in your life I need to examine my life. He goes on to say his own work and then will he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear or carry his own load. In other words, he will be responsible. So when I look at what Paul's talking about here, Jesus' life and Jesus' teaching must become my standard. And, and I can't give up. I can't quit. I, I can't stop hanging out with Jesus and the Word of God. And so again, I'm to examine my life. Now, the rest of the evening, I'm going to give us some of the Word of God that I believe this is a, a truth that each one of us needs to get a hold of to help us to really grow in this walk. Turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Word. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 6. Now, when we get here to Matthew 6, I, I'm going to start in verse 9, and then I'm going to jump. And when you get to Matthew 6, verse 9, that's the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. If you remember, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, this is where it begins in verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven. Our, our Father in heaven. A personal intimacy right here. Our Father in heaven. Now, the reason I'm highlighting this is because this needs to be very personal. See, when people look at God, oftentimes they look at God in a religious way. But when he becomes my father, that becomes personal. That becomes because I, I have fellowship with him. And so when I address him as father, I'm revealing I'm a son. I'm a daughter. That, that's my father. Now, everything begins to change when we address him as father. I want to help you just a little bit with this. This is part of growing up. See, many times people refer to God in so many different ways, but oftentimes we don't look at him as our heavenly father. And so my natural father, my dad's name is Terry Swan. I've never called him Terry Swan. I've called him dad. My dad, his occupation was that of a teacher or a coach. Many people would call him Mr. Swan. I never called him Mr. Swan. I called him dad. I never called him coach. I called him dad. The reason I highlight that is because that personal intimacy I had with my earthly father it's the same that Father God wants us to get to a place where that's my Father. That's my Heavenly Father. 
And the only way I get to know him as Heavenly Father, I I spend time with him. It's based on a relationship. It's based on fellowship. So if my father called me right now, or I called him, and I answered and said hello, I would know immediately his voice. I wouldn't say, who is this? Why? Because I've spent years with my father. And this is what happens with Father God, that he loves it when we have this type of fellowship with him. So he says, our father in heaven, hallowed would be your name, sacred, to be magnified, to be treated as holy, to be uh, a reverent, to be respectful. See, sometimes I cringe when I hear people refer to God as the big man in the sky. He's my father. And you know, uh, it's in Exodus 20 when you get into the Ten Commandments. Remember, there's one that says, don't use father's name in vain. Oftentimes we think of vain as don't use it highlighted by a cuss word. But there's more to it that that I can use God in a vain way, which means a useless way, a frivolous way, where I don't speak his name in an honoring way. And so immediately the Lord Jesus is getting over and says, man, begin to get to know him as Father. Verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on, is not life more than the body and more than clothing. Now, that word worry there suggests a distraction, a a preoccupation, things that, that cause anxiety or worry. Now, just think right now. Is there areas in your life right now that are causing you to worry? This is what he's getting over. So what he talks about here is when I get over into worry, worry has the ability, it literally means to choke us, to strangle us. And and what ultimately happens here is it it wants to to choke. It wants to, to strangle the life out of you. How many of you realize worry has that ability to do this? Verse 26 Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into your barns. Yet, now watch this, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Now again, who did he He said, you're your heavenly Father. So if I'm born again, he's my, my heavenly Father. So I read this right here. Do you know we are the only creation of God that worries. How many of you ever got? How many you got a dog? How many of you ever got home in the evening and your dog's on the back porch with his paws under his head and just 
I've never drove to church on Sunday or Wednesday night and see the sparrows on the, the high wire begging for food. I, I've never seen the, the sparrows freaking out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and so he makes the comment here that your heavenly father feeds him. Are, are you not more value than they? So he tells me right there, man, the, the heavenly father, our heavenly father, he sees me and you as special. Verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit or span to his stature or to his life? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, but they neither toil nor spin. The, the, their color and the design, there's nothing like these. And then he goes on to say, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And remember this guy named Solomon, he had, he had everything imaginable. But he said he wasn't arrayed like any of them. Keep reading here. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is in the bar is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now it's interesting right here. That he's telling us that when we allow worry to dominate us, he said, oh ye of little faith. And when you see that, it's a faith that lacks confidence or trust. But the best definition I found of this when he says, oh ye of little faith, you know what he's saying? You've got undeveloped faith. You just really, 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 really need to get in there and develop it. And so one of the things I do to grow up is I got to start knowing my heavenly father's character. And right here he tells us over and over. He wants to take care of us. And so that's as, as, as sons and daughters. That's this ongoing fellowship. You know I, I begin to think about this, this thought here. About ongoing fellowship with the Lord. Many times we have the thought that. Man I, I got to sit before God. Be still and real quiet for 30 minutes every day. Well, sometimes that's not possible. But what I found in my own life, that I've had great encounters with God in times in my life where I've slowed down just a little bit. Do you know some of the greatest times I've had with God is when I'm driving in my car. I tell you, I, 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 get, I get where I'm slowing down with everything in life. There's no distractions. Some of the greatest encounters I've had with God is actually when I'm mowing the lawn. There's days when I mow the lawn, if you were to drive by, I talk too much, man, I'm just... Woo. This, this is the God truth right here. Some of the greatest encounters I've had with God is when I do the dishes. Pastor, you're lying. You don't do the dishes. I do. These are dove hands right here. <laughs> My thought about doing the dishes, they've got to be done. My wife cooks, and many times I do the dishes. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but as a young boy... Every day before I went to school, 
I was in charge of the breakfast dishes. And so if, if you come to my house and you see me do the dishes, don't freak out. I like to do the dishes because there's times I can stand there doing the dishes and I slow down just enough in this thing called life that I begin to fellowship with God. This is what he's talking about over and over. Man, in, instead of getting around worry, instead of consuming me with worry, I've got to get to a place where I say, you know what, I'm going to hang out with Father God. Now look what he goes on to tell us here. Therefore, do not worry saying. Do not worry saying. So you know what he just tells me right there? Don't voice your worries. And he goes on to say, don't say what shall we eat. Don't say what we're going to drink. Don't say what we're going to wear. When you talk that way, you are without faith. So Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth is going to speak. So instead of talking and voicing my worry, I start going back and I voice and how awesome my father is. I thank you, Father God. I thank you for taking care of me. Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He knows. But seek first the kingdom of God. Chase first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so he's saying, these are the things you chase. And so to do so, I first, I got to turn to the word of God. I got to look to the word of God day by day by day. And he ultimately ends this and says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So you know what he's saying? Quit allowing your worries. Your plans to interfere with your relationship with your heavenly father. So the more I hang out with God and the more I fellowship with God, the more I begin to understand I got a heavenly father that wants to take care of me. He wants to be good to me. Look with me to the book of of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Ooh, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. My heavenly Father. Ephesians 3. Start with me in verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. And you know who just said that? The Apostle Paul. He said, I am the least of all the saints. Now, this is the same Apostle Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament. But yet, he's the one who said, I, I'm the least. This is the same Apostle Paul who said, I'm the chief sinner. And so he goes back to his life until Jesus saves him. And then everything begins to change. So look what he goes on to say. This grace was given, or this grace alone is what empowers me. 
that I should preach among the Gentiles. And what was he going to preach? The unsearchable riches of Christ, the wealth of Christ, the unfading, the unquestionable, the without fault riches of, of Christ. Now, you may not have known this, but when you get born again, there's some riches, some wealth that Christ wants to bless you with. Keep reading. And to make all see, he wants us to see, he wants our eyes, our spiritual eyes to be enlightened. What is the fellowship? What is the fellowship? Now, this word fellowship is cross-referenced in Acts 2.42. But when he says, what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things around Jesus Christ? So to open up the mystery of all these things, you know how you see what the mystery are? You start fellowshipping with the Father and the Son. And the more I fellowship with the Father, the more he begins to reveal things to me. He'll, he'll begin to tell me insight. He'll begin to tell me about the, the, the wealth that he has for me. To the intent that now the manifold or the full diverse wisdom of God may be made known by the church to the principalities, power, and heavenly places. In other words, God is still entering the human arena. God still comes around mankind is what that verse means. God still wants to hang out with us. He still wants to speak to us. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished fully and completely in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and we have access with confidence through faith in him. Now, when I, I read what he's talking about, as children, he wants you to approach him with boldness and confidence. Where you could, that's my heavenly father. That's my heavenly father. And it's interesting that Paul, so Paul said that, that we can approach him with boldness and confidence. And God doesn't get a, a, upset about that. He actually likes it. And it says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations or the things that I'm going to go through for you, which is your glory. Don't lose heart. Verse 14. Now listen real close to this. Watch this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. I humbly bow my knees to my Father. I stand in awe of my Father. I, I, I reverence my heavenly Father right here. And he says, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And so when he says the whole family, if you're born again, that's you. That's me. And when God looks at us, since we're family, he says, that's my son. That's my daughter. 
And so God, he he desires us to be family. So the word right here in Greek for father and family, it's incredible because it's it's uh, entirely the same. It comes to mean father and family. He's my source. He's my source for everything in my life. So what I'm telling you, man, it's I got to get around my father. He's my heavenly father. I want to go to one last passage here, and this is what I'm going to end with tonight. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Just go to your right. Philippians and then Colossians. Ooh, get ready. This is a passage that will bless you, okay? Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. When's the last time you gave thanks to the Father? Or you just said, Father, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for another day of life. I'm thank you for salvation. I'm thank you. I'm thankful to you that your mercies are new, your grace is still sufficient. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, what he's talking about here, that when you give the Lord Jesus your heart and he becomes Lord of your life, you have been qualified as partakers of the inheritance in the light. So you know what that tells me? You got an inheritance. But inheritance doesn't do you any good unless, one, you know you have an inheritance, and number two, you know what the inheritance is. The only way I find out what the inheritance is, is I got to get in the book. I got to study the Word of God. So I'm reminded of this, this man who was traveling from Europe to America on a ship. He paid the fare to ride the ship over. But he didn't read what the, the, the fare entitled him to. So he crawled on the, on the boat and he thought he had enough food supply to get him over there. It was a 20-day journey. A week left on the, on the boat ride, he ran out of food. But day by day, he would watch people go back and forth to the cafeteria. And so when he went out of food, he thought he would go down and get close and maybe be able to find some scraps that were left over. But one of the attendants on the ship looked at him and said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm hungry. And the guy said, well, go in and eat. And he said, I I didn't pay for that. And the attendant looked at him and said, yeah, you did. When you paid your fee to get on the boat, all your meals were included. How often do we go without what God desires for us to have because we don't know what our inheritance is? Now, I'm going to give you one last inheritance right here. This is the first one, verse 12, or verse 13. Now, watch. This is your inheritance. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. If you're born again, he's qualified you as a partaker of the inheritance. And he said, he 
our heavenly Father, has, past tense, delivered us from the power of darkness. So whatever the darkness is in your life, you don't have to put up with that anymore. That my inheritance is, I don't have to be dominated by darkness. How do I allocate this inheritance? Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Everything we do in word or deed, Colossians 3, 17, we do in the name of Jesus. Woo, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Woo, Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus. And man, you begin to find out. Do you know this book right here? It's full of buried treasures. Sometimes you just got to dig to find them. And when you find them, embrace them. Welcome them. But the key here is this as I go back. Who, my heavenly father. My father. And when you gave your heart to Jesus, he views you in the same way. That's my son. That's my daughter. Just stand up with me. Who got quiet in here? I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm not a worm of the dust. I'm a child of God. Do you know that, that God is very aware of every one of us in here? Do you know Psalms 139 says that he wonderfully, fearfully, and skillfully created us? That God knows you so well that the Bible says he knows the very hairs on your head. Do you know another thing that God did? There's no one else on this earth that has the same fingerprint that you do. God's DNA, our heavenly Father, is all over us. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there, right now. Father God, we stand before you tonight. And Lord, as children of ours, as children of yours, we welcome right now grace to, to fellowship with you. To view you as a father of goodness. A father that knows all our needs right now. A father that wants to bless us. A father that has qualified us as partakers of the inheritance in light. And so Lord, right now we ask that you grace every one of us with incredible revelation of just who our Heavenly Father is. And Lord, in these upcoming days, we take time to fellowship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know what God desires of you? Is the same way that I would fellowship with Israel. I I just go to Israel and I'd start talking to him. Father God, he, he loves that. He yearns for that from us. But you just you just talk to him. Father God welcomes your, your concerns. He he welcomes. Oh, Father God, so you know what I'm doing, boy. I'm creating an appetite and say, man, I gotta get around my father. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit 
faithchurchlubbock.com.